Everybody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We have a jam-packed show today. Uh, we're going to be talking about Carrie Lake and her setback, but where she's going next. With the election fraud, we're going to be talking about the FBI, the corruption, and their involvement in J6. Um, and folks, this is what you get when the globalists are running the world in a super monopoly, and that's what we have here, we have a super global monopoly that's infected and penetrated every aspect of our lives. They want to control your money. They want to control your energy. They want to control your uh, civil liberties. They want to control the justice. They want to control your speech. They want to control your health. You know, and they want to control every aspect of your life. And they have the power, they have the megaphone, they have the media. And, you know, we wonder how it is that we've gotten to a place now where we even have rigged elections, stolen elections. I posted something up on Facebook, just a meme that had, that had Joe Biden's face and it said, this is what you get when, you, when an election is stolen from you. And they silenced it. They censored it. Facebook did. The Forbes million, uh, billionaire list came out, and every single damn one of them was a, a liberal. From Bill Gates to uh, Warren Buffett to Jeffrey Bezos. How did all these people... What are the odds, right? How do they get so lucky? Are, are, are liberals really that much smarter than conservatives? And it used to be like in the 70s and 80s, they would always say the Republicans are the party for the rich, the country club type. Well, one of the few people that's sitting in Senate, Senator Whitehouse, <laughs> no pun intended, 
Um, Senator Whitehouse belongs to an all-white, and it says it in its bylaws, all-white club in Rhode Island. And he defends it. Meanwhile, you know, you have uh, this ratcheting up of equity. Uh, You have Joe Biden talking about how he's going to control AI so that it it values and centralizes and creates a... uh, a uh, like a more of an, an importance, it weights equity over equality in the programming of AI. Like that's not going to go wrong. So our AI is becoming our truth czar. Forget about that wacky little girl that was uh, hired by the Biden administration to uh, be the truth czar where then they found out all about her hateful tweets toward right-wingers and conservatives and and re- realized that she was just a you know not qualified to do a job that's supposed to be fair, balanced and neutral and and now they're going to just replace that with an AI. Well, it's a computer. A computer doesn't put into consideration, you know, emotion. Well, the AI apparently does, but the AI is really not much different than the search engine result. You go to Google, you get one set of search engines. You, you Say you search for Bilderberg, you'll get one set of results. You go to Yahoo or DuckDuckGo or Bing, and you'll get different results. And whoever controls those results really controls the disinformation that's coming out. And the globalists are in control of the media because that's where their that's where their money comes from. So I have a whole bunch of stuff. I tweeted a lot yesterday and uh, put a lot of things together, but uh, we're going to start off uh, with this J six thing because we have a very corrupt FBI. Not only did they cover up for the Russian hoax, right, and they they perpetuated the Russian hoax, they infiltrated with the CIA and they uh, coordinated with the State Department and our diplomats and our foreign services, the FBI did, and the Department of Justice. Remember the Oars, Bruce and Ellie Orr, the Asian duo, or the Asian guy, Bruce Orr, radical liberal guy, like a Marxist, socialist, working in our Department of Justice and just perpetuating and pushing a whole bunch of propaganda. And Nellie was working with Greg Simpson from Fusion GPS and and they were working with CrowdStrike in the data servers and they were working also with this attorney that rigged elections in 2020. But in 2016, he was working with the Russian hoax named Mark Elias. And rightfully so, you know, these people should be looked at. And these people, the people that were involved, should be looked at. To this date, though, John Durham is only a paper tiger. Strzok, no interview, no subpoena. McCabe, no interview, no subpoena. Comey. No interview, no subpoena. Prestap, Bill Prestap, 
No interview for Crossfire. No subpoena. Simpson. No interview. No subpoena. Mark Elias. No interview. No subpoena. And Joffe. Probably one of the more important people on that list. No interview. No subpoena. So what kind of investigation is that when you don't even interview or subpoena or get testimony under oath in any way, shape, or form? Meanwhile, you have Christopher Ray. Again, this is someone that Trump hired. I, I don't understand that hire, except for the fact that they got him on impeachment because it was a rigged impeachment. And then the Senate came along with someone like Lindsey Graham and said, "We this could go one of two ways. You're going to be out of office or you're going to go ahead and hire the people that we will be able to pass through the Senate. And the people we're going to pass through the Senate are the people that are going to cover up our crimes because some of the crimes are really big. We talk about the four currencies on the black market. And those four currencies are human trafficking, drug trafficking, oil trafficking, and weapons trafficking. So human drugs, arms, and oil are how things are exchanged on the black market, oftentimes done under the umbrella of patriotism because they achieve objectives that are not state-sponsored. They're more like mercenary and terrorist groups getting the job done below the surface. The politicians and the big-time investors, guys like Mitt Romney, and fixers like his handler or his advisor, Kofor Black, a former CIA spook, and also someone who partnered with the Blackwater Mercenary Group who knows a thing or two about coups, guns, weapons, and foreign services, get together and get things done and exploit for financial opportunity, which is what Mitt Romney's really all about in the end. He's not a patriot. He's just, you know, in order to get a manufacturing plant to manufacture uh, shoulder rocket missiles, that's going to cost... $10 million, twenty uh, just a down payment. Who's going to come up with that money? It's certainly not going to be passed through Congress, is it? Congress never weighed in on any of this stuff. Where is it coming from? Who's financing it? And that's where you get these mercenaries paid for. You take, for example, ISIS as that mercenary group. Who's going to sanction funding of ISIS, especially when they're cutting off the heads of journalists? Nobody. Nobody in Congress is going to ever sign off on that. So how do they get it done? Well, they wage a coup against a guy like Gaddafi. They murder him, take all his gold, put it in a a schoolhouse in Benghazi. And then they put it on a ship and they run all this gold and all of these weapons that used to belong to Libya. And they finance ISIS. They released al-Baghdadi from a detention center in Kambuka in Iraq, have him set up shop in Raqqa, Syria, and all of a sudden ISIS becomes this great mercenary group that's keeping the press out by beheading them, but managing the oil, guarding the pipelines, guarding the oil wells, all up and down the corridors of Iraq, 
into Europe and into Africa, where Gaddafi basically was a toll collector. There was another country in the northern part of Africa, in addition to Libya, and that was Egypt. And Egypt, an adjacent, you know, neighboring country to Libya that controls part of that Mediterranean Sea and off the shores of um, Cyprus, uh, basically was run by Mubarak. And Mubarak had interests with um, a lot of different uh, neighboring countries. But he wasn't playing ball with that. So what did they do? They overthrew Mubarak. And they installed a Muslim, Muslim Brotherhood guy named Morsi. So that's how that all went down. And how, how else did, when Benghazi went down, guess what went up at the same time? And guess what happened at the same time? Well, you had the 2012 election, then you had the 2014 coup in Ukraine, and you also had that hot mic moment where Obama said, after my election in 2012, I'll have more flexibility. And you can't tell me that, that, that there wasn't some stuff going on with Ukraine because after the Sochi Olympics, Putin went into Crimea and Obama didn't do a doggone thing. And Syria is central to Russia. And so remember that fighter jet that uh, it was a Russian fighter jet that bombed a bunch of ISIS guys, but they had to fly into uh, Turkish airspace to... Uh, to achieve that objective. And all of a sudden, everybody was complaining that Russia got involved and violated NATO airspace because Turkey's a NATO member. But remember, Erdogan, the head of Turkey, was good friends with Obama, and they were all in on this oil running into Europe and out of Iraq. So there is Africa trading for gold, and they were using that gold to pay off the ISIS rebels. The ISIS mercenaries were getting paid stipends for their family. They were getting paid upwards of $1,200 a month, which is a lot there, uh, to to basically kill anybody that goes near it to keep the threat to a minimum. And to make sure that the oil keeps on running into Europe. And the reason why they hated Russia so much is because they were setting up Nord Stream and Nord Stream 2. And those Nord Stream pipelines were competing interests. And Germany wasn't really playing ball like they should have, but they were because Merkel was a globalist. And so it's just kind of interesting, though, that Putin was bad because Putin was basically impeding their financial profits in Syria and uh, into Europe and perhaps even into Africa. But I think that they were using Africa to get money to pay for the rebels, the mercenaries, the ISIS warriors that were running the oil. And that's what was going on in the Middle East. And some of that, where they would get their weapons, because again, Congress doesn't sign off on this stuff. Because they're not arming ISIS. 
Somebody has to foot the bill for that, and it can't be Mitt Romney all by himself. So what happens is we send stuff to Ukraine, and Ukraine then sends stuff down to the Middle East in exchange for free oil. And there was an issue with regard to free oil. And George Soros was involved in Ukraine since the very beginning. And now I've just queued up a lot of audio that you're going to hear to support what I just told you in full detail, to give you a back picture so that what you're about to hear, you'll you'll get maybe a, a different understanding about it. But, you know, this this whole thing with the FBI stinks to high heaven. Prosecutors finally disclosed at least five FBI informants were embedded in the groups weeks and months before January 6th. Matthew Graves sought to prevent the jury from hearing about the informants' activities or involvements in past elections or past investigations. Um, as the New York Times correctly pointed out, Ray Epps and Megan Paradise called for storming the Capitol even before President Trump spoke on January 6th. Both were on the FBI's top 20 J6 wanted list. Both have been identified since the week of J6. Neither have been arrested. Okay? Marjorie Taylor Greene says the FBI isn't just targeting everyday Americans when it's weaponizing approach. When it's with its weaponized approach, it's also targeting the best of its own. This is another reason why the FBI director must be impeached. And I think he will be impeached. So the FBI whistleblower claims retaliation for raising concerns about accuracy of Ray's J6 testimony. So this is kind of an interesting thing right here. Let's take a listen. Let's see. Biden refusing to negotiate. Oh, this is this was actually a, a, not the right audio anyway. So forgive me on that. But we do have audio that we're going to be playing. Also, feds have had informants in Proud Boys and Oath Keepers for J six. Okay, so games we knew that. Gainsmanship aside, it's now evident the FBI infiltrated these two militia groups well in advance of January 6th. Wow. Okay. And we've known that for quite some time. That report I just read to you, November 2022 by Julie Kelly. She she knows all this. It's coming out, folks. They've been doing their best to hide the inevitable, but it's coming out. And this Chris Ray holding doc, withholding documents from James Comer related to uh the Russian hoax related to uh you know basically waging a coup against the president and it wouldn't be the first time that the CIA and the FBI waged a coup against the president working with the mockingbird media watergate comes to mind you know there was a low level burglary inspired by a bunch of radical communist socialists and CIA spooks who hated JFK. And Nixon wants the JFK documents. And next thing you know, they're covering it up. 
and they're not cooperating with his request, the President of the United States. So they do a low-level CIA operation, and what happens next is they cover it up, but they allow it to leak out, and the FBI FBI senior official, uh, Mark Felt, known as Deep Throat, is working hand-in-glove with two radical socialist, Marxist, communist reporters from the Washington Post, Woodward and Bernstein. And we've seen how radically left they are because the genies left the bottle a long time ago. We've seen them throughout the years on TV, and we know how radically liberal they are and disingenuous and dishonest. And so when you get these combinations going, the FBI and the CIA and the Mockingbird media, they've been controlling the show and running the show for a long, long time. And everybody in the beltway of D.C. knows you cross that line and you are ruined. You'll either be arrested, you'll either be someone, some fixer will set you up. Uh, It'll be done and you'll be history. Never cross them. See, these whistleblowers are really, really brave, but the Democrats seem to, you know, really want to hurt them. Um, but this is what you get. You get these, you get, you get a guy like Biden, you get a stolen election when you have a, a rigged system. And again, Soros knew what he was doing when he hired all these district attorneys first, because he knew that the election rigging was going to come later. But you don't do the election rigging until you get your 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 um, corrupt cohorts into power places. If you're going to rob a bank and get get arrested for it, you best be sure to maybe get get the chief of police, get the district attorney, and get the judge. Like all Klaus Schwab disciples, all globalists supporting the same cause. You basically, you know, if it's the uh, Jesse James gang, you get Jesse James's concierge. You know, you get his second in command and his third in command and fourth in command to not only run for DA, run for chief of police, and run to be a judge. Get them a law degree. Isn't that what uh, the Godfather wanted? The Godfather wanted Michael to be a senator? So then they would have real power, right? It's not new news, folks. But the globalists are doing it on steroids because they have the biggest monopoly in the world. And until you can end that monopoly, that super global monopoly, there's not a doggone thing you can do. All the companies, all the corporations are owned by BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. And this is a real problem, a real problem. And they push this Black Lives Matter thing. I tweeted this out. Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter. So there's this guy holding a sign. It says, not all Black Lives Matter to Black Lives Matter. That's true, right? We know that. Just like in those women's groups, the only people, that women, that count for anything in these women's marches on the left are those who support abortion. The others, the Christian women, aren't welcome. And so, you know, it's a, it's just a big fraud. It's a ruse. It's a weaponization. It's a political group. And you're not supposed to be able to fight back because, oh, Black Lives Matter. How could you argue that? Climate change. How could you argue that climate doesn't change? 
I mean, they, you know, it's, it, they pick these, they pick these like shields to stymie free speech and then call you a racist as soon as you object to Black Lives Matter. It's just simple, you know, two plus two, but the media perpetuates it and there's just not enough muscle or money on the right to compete against the radical, the, the globalist monopoly and they're never going to end this monopoly. Just like they're never going to end TikTok. They're never going to end the spying on Americans. They're never going to end these tools that they have at their disposal. They'll talk about it. They're never going to build the wall because the cartels are paying them not to. The voter fraud that they get from that is telling them not to. They keep in power when they don't do that, right? So it's kind of uh, interesting, to say the least. And uh, so here we are. Um, Well, we have a congressman, Congressman uh, Pete Sessions, I believe, is going to be on our show right now. And uh, he's from Texas. Um, Congressman, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Good morning. Uh, good morning. All right. So we wanted to talk to you. We're, we've been talking a lot today about uh, how our government has become, you know, uh, somewhat corrupt, especially with the FBI. And, uh, you know, you've been doing a lot of things with respect to the post-COVID world, the post-COVID world where you are um, trying to make it so people get back to work. Is that what, is that what, that's one of the big topics that you're working on right now, aren't you? In, in, in fact, it is. I serve as the chairman of the government, what used to be Government Reform and Oversight, now Government Accountability Committee. And this committee, uh, of which I'm the subcommittee chairman for this vast government operations and government workforce uh, subcommittee has seen the numbers and seen the results of the Biden administration now for uh, since they have come into office so for two and a half years and the evidence is quite plain that either the job is bigger than they are in their incompetence or they simply have allowed huge numbers of people to not show up at work uh whether it's the IRS, whether it's the you're you're getting your passport, whether it's just simple transactions that need to be conducted by the government, the 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 government is incapable of effectively doing their job. Uh, the federal government, the United States. And I think one of the big problems that gets us to these gets us to these problem areas. Um. I think it's a lack of transparency. We need a lot more transparency in in our government right now. It used to be that the private sector would have, uh, you know, the pub the the public, the, the the voters, the private sector would have privacy, and the public sector, the government, would be full transparency. And that seems to have now flipped upside down on its head. Fourth Amendment be damned. I mean, the social media is spying on all Americans. And it seems like in a lot of ways, our 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 FBI and uh, other entities of the government are spying on us. And so we don't really have the same transparency. We, uh, we don't have the same r- privacy 
or access to privacy as we once had. And the government seems to be less transparent today than it ever has been. And I think that that's lending itself to where we're having these big problems. Well, let me completely agree with you that there has been a transition that has occurred over time. And some could say, well, it came in with COVID. But in fact, the government has been working hard at this for quite some time. If you go back a number of years uh, to the Clinton administration, my father served as the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's also known as the FBI. And in his fights with Janet Reno, uh, after, after, uh, you know, serving President Reagan, President Bush, then President Clinton for a few years, they made a determination to fire my father as the director. And of course, everyone knew at the time that was politicalization. That's all it was done for was politics. And in fact, since that period of time, FBI directors have struggled with the relationship that they had with the attorney general uh, of the United States uh, as the investigative arm for the Department of Justice. And the, uh, the FBI directors of late have found themselves under the thumb uh, as the case now, uh, where the Department of Justice wanted the FBI to become engaged in uh, a school system matter in Virginia with parents, and they sick the FBI of uh, people with badges and guns with investigative thought processes on an intrastate matter, not an interstate matter, uh, and use the force of threat. That was not the beginning of, of, of what we saw by the FBI, but that is a, a glaring type of, of uh, example. And they have grown outside of, I believe, their true mandate, fidelity, bravery, integrity. And right. I don't know how much they talk about the Constitution or the Bill of Rights anymore at the Department of Justice. It's interesting you bring up Janet Reno because you lived through that. Uh, Waco, Texas, you know, when think of, people think of uh, Janet Reno, they think of Waco, Texas. Well, and, and Little Elyon also. What's that? Florida. Little Elyon down in Florida. Yeah. Yeah, right. Well, it says here you're, you're born and raised in Waco, Texas, so you know a thing or two. I live Waco. there now. Yeah. You're, you're representing the 17th uh, Congressional District. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene might be onto something. Uh, one of the things uh, that um, she's at advancing is uh, talking about impeaching Christopher Wray. Um, I think, if anything, you know, we don't really want to get into the habit of impeaching everybody that we we disagree with. But when you see corruption at these levels— uh, I think one of the advantages, and you can correct me maybe if I'm wrong, and maybe you can even shed some light on how this system, this process would work. But if you get to the point where you, in, you, you go through an impeachment process of a FBI director, uh, you benefit from having some disclosure that you normally wouldn't get in a general committee hearing. Is that possibly true? Well, it would be. I, you know, my colleague uh, is 
is definitely onto what she sees that the Bureau in their performance uh, has done. And yet I would just offer this. That was Jim Comey who did most of the things that Durham is talking about. Right. It was uh, Jim Comey, not Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray does have his moments and, but I, I think that the real effort should be aimed at the politicalization of what is right or wrong about expecting, telling the Bureau uh, of what they will investigate. And I think it's the subject uh, of the matter more than the person. Now, would we hold Merrick Garland, the attorney general, uh, uh, to, to a standard? Yes. But I think the discussion needs to go more to what is the proper role of the Department of Justice and the FBI. And I think it's the Department of Justice that has failed uh, to deliver meaningful balance of justice, meaningful uh, equal uh, under the law. And, and I, that's where I would tend to aim my sights rather than just the FBI. Right, and you said the word equal. Uh, our country is ba- founded on equality and, and you know, blind justice. And the left seems to be pushing this, you know, equity agenda. Even, even in the face of AI, uh, Biden just recently came out and started pushing the whole idea of equity in the programming of AI. And, you know, the thing is, equity on its face is becomes a sort of an unconstitutional thing. It's very divisive. It's not unifying. And uh, it's picking winners and losers. And uh, so we got we to gotta address that head on, I believe. What are your Every thoughts? Every day there are examples about people whether it's the NCAA, whether it's the University of Minnesota, whether it is uh, universities in the Northeast, they are, or the West, there are examples of universities, education, uh, imbalances of people who uh, are using this term. We, we've all gone high on the term woke but using it, and it's now finding itself right into the United States Navy. It's finding itself right in, into embedded into the daily life of government. And it is a destructive force that gets away from uh, what I believe government should be doing, and that is leading to the best uh, for the American citizenry rather than dividing the American yeah, and I think it's the government, uh, the the liberal government, enforcing you know pushing that into our military and things like that. I think it's just a it's just a way to try to um, normalize uh, these woke with this woke agenda. And a lot of people will ask, uh, well, what is the woke agenda about? And I think it's actually an attack on traditional uh, family values structure. I think it's. Uh, you have to realize that a 10-year-old is going to be voting in two election cycles and that it, it confuses a child. And I think it's an attack on Christianity. And for those who want bigger government, uh, they would love nothing more than to replace 
God with government and you know and they can get there by attacking your traditional value system and I think that's one one component of their agenda I mean the thing we talk about a lot on this show is you know the power and influence of this big huge um, globalist uh, super monopoly you know we had antitrust for a reason back in the days of Standard Oil and the Sherman Act and uh, these monopolies now have gone global and they're almost untouchable by our our, our congress to to do to right the wrongs there and they have so much power and influence over the narratives that are being told to us by our mainstream media and our you know our corporate uh, wokeness what ford is coming out with a rainbow car adidas is coming out with a bunch of stuff Bud Light just had their moment, you know. So it's a lot of these things that are that are happening, and these corporations are all owned by like three major ones, like BlackRock, um, State Street, and Vanguard. So what what do you see? How do we address a problem like that? The uh, now I'm going to give you an answer you may not like, but it is to win an election. And you win elections by listening to uh, common sense people of, of having an agenda that the American people support. And this is where, while, while I am for Donald Trump, and I am, I've endorsed Donald Trump, we have to have an agenda that is broad-based where we can win and win the Senate and win the House and win the presidency. And... I think people want to see that we have the will to move forward with an agenda that, quote, will make America great again. I'm, I'm for that, to bring back traditional American values and to do those things. But you've got to also win on that platform. And I think it's a lot about how we talk about what, what we're trying to create, what we're trying to get back to. And, and the bottom line is it's divisive in the, the debate we're in big time in Washington right now is about, it's about money. It should be about spending, but it's about money. And the, the government brings in as a result of what Republicans did in 2017, about $170 billion more in revenue every year. We cut taxes. We, in essence, uh, encourage investment and growth and opportunity, and that's what we're getting. And we're told we have to have tax increases uh, to, to take care of the problem, when, in fact, less revenue will come in and we'll be in more trouble. So we've got to turn the corner on some fundamental ideas that the left does not like. And, uh, and, and if we're all together as, as conservatives, we can win. How can we um, find out more about you, uh, Congressman? Uh, because uh, you're, you're on the party now that is in control. Are you on any committees uh, in the uh, House of Representatives now? I was the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee, known as the NRCC in 2010, uh-huh. when we won net 63 seats. Okay. 
And uh, your website address? I then served as chairman of the House Rules Committee, the most powerful committee in Washington. Uh, I served on it for 20 years and six years as chairman. Mm-hmm. I now serve uh, on as the uh, two two specific committees: financial services. I'm the uh, in essence the number three person seniority wise on that committee, and then I serve on government reform. I have the subcommittee chairmanship for government operations. All so right, these these lend themselves to directly aiming at. Uh, <laughs> what might be big government and and how we need to win on the issues for the American people. And thank you for that. And thank you for your service and uh, for being such a great congressman. And I just want uh, people to know that they can go to sessions.house.gov to find out more about what you're doing. And I want to thank you for spending some time on the Scott Adams Show today. Scott, thank you very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. All right. Well, that was uh, Congressman Pete Sessions from Texas 17th District out of Waco. All right. Um, so, all right. I was talking about this whole thing about Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter is no different than, say, you know, Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter is no different. It's the same as the argument between equity and equality. And there's a guy in this meme, you know, holding up a placard that says, not all black lives matter to black lives matter, which is kind of interesting. Um, And then we have this woke. We were talking about woke. There's a woman in a uh, Target. Let's take a listen to what she has to say, because there's a reason for this wokeness. I think it is what what I had said to Congressman Sessions, but let's take a listen. So we're going to go to the kids section and we're actually going to see if they're putting weird, creepy, uncomfy stuff on children's clothing. Okay, this is the child section. This is literally the kids section. I'm next to a literal onesie that says whatever the hell that means. We have glad you came out. And I'm so happy that you're queer in the kids section. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but pride and toddler don't belong in the same sentence. So I found an extra small swimsuit in the child section. It says light binding effect on it. And then the bottoms in the kids section, keep in mind, say tuck friendly construction. They're giving it to your kids. If that doesn't give you a reason to boycott Target, I don't know what does. But So, you know, the thing is, when I type in like a meme, like uh, if I type in Black Lives Matter on Twitter or on my phone, I get like, you know, a black fist or something like that. And if I type in trans, I get a tr- new, this new trans flag. It's like pink and blue or whatever. And if I type in gay or LGBTQ or whatever, I get a flag, a rainbow flag. If I type in anything else, I get no flags. If I type in magapack.org, I get no flag. You know, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that when you have the full endorsement of the government pushing an agenda for a political army that's fundraising 
to the tune of $83 billion is what Black Lives Matter brought in. And they're waving the flag on top of an embassy in a different country on this at the State Department. It's insanely unfair that they're using the full force and power and credibility of the so-called credibility of the government to endorse one political agenda over the other. If that's not like a totalitarian regime where you got the picture of the leader up in every school or something like that, I don't know what is. And that's got to stop as well. You got this one. Uh, the illegals. Check this. Listen to this. Illegals are coming through our border. They don't have to go to court until 2027, and we're going to pay them $800 a month, plus give them a cell phone. Last night I was talking to one of the border agents. says, once the, 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 the illegals, when they cross into the country, they want that MTA, that motion to appear in court. Is that correct? Now, now Mr. Lyons, could you tell me for sure, when, when they get this MTA, does that automatically qualify them for benefits? Yes, it does. So, so you're telling me they, they come into the country, they turn themselves in, and then they get the MTA, and they are qualified for benefits from the American taxpayer? Yes, sir. Do we have any idea how much those benefits run? or how, Any idea? Have you heard that, Mr. Lyons? Up to $800 a month. 800 a month. And so I understand, too, we give them a cell phone. Yes, we Have do. y'all heard that? They, we actually give them a cell phone. My kids would probably rather come across the border, honestly, sometimes. <laughs> yes, sir. So we give them a cell phone that they can jailbreak and use it however they want. My understanding, go ahead, Lyons. I'm waiting. I'm, I want to hear what you got to say. Well, it was just they give them that phone so that they know where they're at. But we have a 95% failure rate to appear for yeah. those motions. So you mean they take our phones, but they don't take our phone calls? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, sir. Yes, it's the worst date. Man, that does sound like my kiss. <laughs> my understanding last night I was talking to on the border. Does that make you sick? No wonder they're coming through the border. No wonder they are, right? Again, remember this guy? The outside, particularly uh, Black Rock, Vanguard, and State Street. So right these, here. Well, I don't, think, I, don't think they're carry, I don't think they care about the cost. Uh, th- this is it's not being done by these brands. This is being done by management and uh, those who uh, run the companies from the outside, particularly uh, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. So these are investment that- funds on Wall Street that are influencing advertising campaigns? Absolutely. Why Absolutely. would they be interested in doing that? Because they're pushing their agenda, their, their, the, the world agenda, the globalist agenda. It, it sound, for the longest time, it sounded like a um, conspiracy theory to say these things out loud. And over the last two years, we've had a lot of time on our hands to do nothing but research. And what we found is, is that the industry that is driving all of this are those three entities from the top. So there it is. I said their super global monopoly must be stopped. The Bud Light, Miller Light. Adidas, Ford, and Target woke agenda are essentially marching orders from their BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard puppet masters, powered by super global monopoly money to coerce big corporations, big tech, and big media to carry out their globalist woke agenda, which is designed to confuse children, future voters, distort the truth, attack Christianity with the goal of replacing your God and your traditional family values with their global 
government, new world order agenda. They want to ultimately control your food, your money, your energy, and your health. It's also why they attack parents with indoctrinating woke teachers and push divisive equity over unifying equality. And, you know, regarding the trans, it's shameful that liberals have weaponized the trans movement against uh, women by essentially black-facing women, stereotyping women, mocking women, while destroying decades of progress with women's athletics practically overnight. Shame on the liberals for doing that. And I put a meme up, uh, sex, se- the four currencies politicians and oligarchs use to get rich on the black market are humans, weapons, drugs, and oil. And so long as they continue, we'll always have these problems. Uh, okay, Carrie Lake uh, talked, spoke yesterday uh, about what, she's, what's, what the next plan is. Announces largest ballot chase. She's going to do a ballot chasing effort. Um, And, uh, you know, I guess unless we can't get rid of ballot harvesting and mail-in balloting, we're going to have to cheat with the best of them, which sucks to be an American, to be in some sort of banana republic where you have to cheat to win. But if if there's no police, then it's a free-for-all. It's anarchy. That's exactly what they want in the first place. Do you have a fair question, Howie? Fair question, and I'm happy to sit down with you and discuss stuff going on. Let's let let Howie ask a question right now. But you haven't seen the last of it because we have the best case. We have evidence, unlike these gaslighting people in the media who want to make you say, like, there's no evidence. I can't help it if they're not smart enough to dig through and look at the evidence. But we've got plenty of evidence, and we're going to continue to pursue it. And our legal team will continue to pursue it. My question is, I'm assuming you've read the judge's decision yesterday. Yeah. And I have too. He said some of the evidence you presented is legally irrelevant. The number of seconds it takes to review signatures that your, it was your team that chose to, to pass. Uh, we have rele- relevant evidence that 300,000 roughly ballots were approved in less than three seconds. It takes a full second for the ballot image to pop up on the screen. We had an incredible witness, not a witness, I'm sorry, an expert, a, a world-renowned expert on this, who said it's, it's impossible to do that. And we also found out, how, and I don't think this has been in any of your reporting, that there were an additional 99 people authorized to do a voter signature verification behind closed doors, in their office, at home, sitting in their underwear on their sofa. Stephen Richer and Bill Gates, who ran the election, and by the way, also ran a super PAC raising money to try to bring me down because they don't like America First candidates who want to question corruption in our election. Those two get to approve signatures behind closed doors where no one can see it. That's not transparency, Howie. Do you think it's... That's one person. And as I said, the system is corrupt from top to bottom. That's one person. Do you... No, Howie, let me ask you a quick question. Do you think that just... Clicking like this, approve, 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 is signature verification. Do you think that? What I think is irrelevant, what the judge said. <laughs> so I saw sheets that uh, the signatures weren't even close. I saw like several sheets of signatures that just weren't even remotely close. 
they weren't the same signature at all. So, you know, I like I say, what's happening is they're using a CBP one app. They're uh, signing up for the phone, signing up for the eight hundred dollars a month. They're in the book, right? Then somebody is taking their address and their whatever information, and they're cataloging it. They're registering like a motor voter. They're registering them to vote at the illegals. And then what they're doing is they're pushing for mail-in balloting, mass mail ballots. So they send all the ballots out into the ether, out into the world. And then somehow those ballots are getting picked up because they know where the address is. So they go and they pick them up. That's why I don't think the Republicans can compete if the Democrats have all the information. But they're going to go ahead and pick up all those ballots. Then we have on video all of this stuff, the click, click, click signature verification, you know, like she was talking about. We have um, the video of people, the you know, like mules dropping several ballots into the drop boxes. And then those drop boxes don't get counted until after election night results are already tallied so that they know exactly how many they need and they're not going to deliver too many ballots that don't have signature verification. See, that's the one thing is ballot harvesters don't have signature verification. They don't know what the signature looks like. They're just filling the ballot out. They have no idea. They're not looking at any sample. They're just filling it out and dropping it off and they're dropping off hundreds of ballots that they pick up and collect and they get paid to fill them out. And they're doing that and they're dropping them off and the, the signature verification would blow the case. So I spoke with Carrie Lake and she said that even if they fail here, she's going to take it to a higher court. And she told me that the Supreme Court of the United States is just itching to receive a case that's what they want they want a case to be delivered to them because they they want to make a meaningful change but the supreme court can't do it by themselves they need a good case uh, that has merit to be brought well that brings us to the end of the scott adams show i want to thank everybody for tuning in today be sure to check out magapack.org to find out how we're advancing america first policies to make america great again also use red state over at mypillow.com and with that we'll see you next time on the radio bye-bye everybody Town in Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to there.